you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 860. This episode brought to you by Tor Books, the proud publisher of best-selling author John Scalzi. Praised by Joe Hill as the most entertaining, accessible writer working in San Francisco today, Scalzi has been delighting and surprising readers for over a decade. He carries on that tradition with the all-new space opera adventure, The Collapsing Empire. Since the debut of Old Man's War, Scalzi has brought us uh, compelling characters, fascinating aliens, new worlds to explore, in the breakout success Red Shirts, he out-galaxy quested Galaxy Quest with a tongue-in-cheek homage to TV science fiction classics like Star Trek. So now, join John in a universe on the brink of interstellar war in the collapsing empire and delight in the fascinating worlds and compelling characters Scalzi fans have come to love. The Collapsing Empire is now available wherever books are sold. And you know who's available wherever podcasts are available is Matt Myra. Hi, Chris. Matt, what? Jesus Christ, you scared the shit out of me. Well, you oh. know, I figured I would. I, you know what I do is I at the end of the uh, Incredible Hulk TV show, you know, he walks out of town sad. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. That's how I move from dun, podcast dun, to podcast. Dun, dun. The Hulk is sad. <laughs> The Hulk is crying. The Hulk is sad. I finish up a podcast. There I put my goes. bag on my back, and I head out you to move another on to podcast. The next one, yeah. Still and now here I am at the Nerdist. You're still and this, and also coincidentally still trying to find the cure for the monster that dwells within you. <laughs> this is where I was first bombarded with gamma radiation. <laughs> but the studio we weren't we weren't here. Well, technically it was actually Todd Glass's house, but gotcha. You know. Oh my God, that's right. Been, Comedy and everything I else. I've been podcasting for a very long time, Chris. Holy shit, Matt! What Since a, you're before a, Chris Hardwick. What a pioneer you are. We. Katie How are you Levine. not sick of it? How am I not? Sick <laughs> How of are it? you not sick of it? Is How the question, you? Katie. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, uh, yes. So no, I'm joking. You know joking. what makes it all better though? The nurse community corkboard. It does. I like. I love the nurse community corkboard because we can. We can. I can like plug just like really fun things like this guy, Aaron Stomel. He wrote in. He was inspired by you always saying create a thing. So he created Veiled Books, and it's basically like a blind date with a book. None of the authors and titles are visible uh, through each book. Oh, that's book. interesting. Yeah, they just have clues on what it's about. Shipping's free. And if you don't like it, they offer an exchange. Um, and it just sounds really cool. Like it, You can look them at, at Veiled Books on Twitter or veiledbooks.com. And then also I want to plug uh, our Bachelor-themed podcast, uh, Will You Accept This Rose, is doing our first live show ever at Zany's Nashville. Zany's on... Nashville is a great club. I, I got ready it's... for my comedy special there. It's a fucking phenomenal I hear good club. things. And, and very historic in comedy. It's May 7th. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, people from the Bachelor Nation that live in Nashville. Matt, you will know some of these people. Mm-hmm. Carly and Evan will be there. Sure. James 
James Taylor, Luke Powell. Oh, my God. Danielle from the most recent season. Whoa. Wells Adams. Are if you, you going? Watch the shows, are I can, you going to go? I'm trying to. If you, you watch go. the shows, you know who these people are. That's so very May exciting. 7th at Zanies. You can go to Nashville.Zanies.com. Excellent. I only take umbrage with the fact that you call it a Bachelor-themed <laughs> podcast. It's a Bachelor podcast. You know yeah. what else we should promote? You know what else we should promote? <laughs> How am I supposed to say it? I don't know. It sounds like it's themed for bachelors. Yeah. Like, like, where to go? Guys, let me tell you about what to do. (laughs) When you want to clean your taint. But say you're in an airport bathroom. You want to clean it up before you go in a, Then you want to go to the spearmint rind, or you're going to go to one of the back door. There's a guy there. I don't go spearmint. I go to Deja Vu. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Uh, Matt Myra, since we're doing News Community Corporate, maybe you should plug Dory's book. I would love to plug Dory's book. Thank you, Christopher Hardwick. Uh, Start up a novel by Dory Shafrir, uh, available for pre-order on Amazon. Right now, it's the number one bestseller in uh, number one new release for the uh, on Amazon for uh, fiction humor. And we're going to get Dory on the podcast. Dory too. will be on the podcast talking about the said book. But if you guys uh, are kind enough to pre-order it, uh, comes out April twenty fifth. You could pre-order it. Uh, we're trying to get her above a certain threshold of books, and if she gets to that threshold, you will all be graced with a bonus episode of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. This episode is Dax Shepard returning to the podcast, who Dax I've known for uh, a really long time. Chips! A couple decades, in fact. And uh, I'm real proud of Dax. He made a... Dax, uh, Dax, uh, I I was... I like that guy. He's a funny dude. He's funny as shit. We did Groundlings. I mean, I shouldn't say I did Groundlings because I was not in the Groundlings company, but I took I took uh, classes at the Groundlings. I've just I've known him forever, and uh, he's just one of those guys that's fun to riff with. You know, it's like he's he you whatever you throw out, he's gonna he's gonna catch it and throw it back. He's very he's a very likable. He's lovable, very likable human being. Uh, Chips is in theaters Friday, March twenty fourth. Uh, and so uh, that's this episode. He's returning. I think he was on like a year or two ago. I don't even remember time anymore. The fact that we've been on for seven years still melts my brain. <laughs> we were approaching a decade of podcasting, and it still feels like this weird new thing we're doing. We're going to get there. We're, I feel like we're going to make we're it. We're going to drag Jonah across the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just his nails have ripped back from his fingers from the concrete, just peeling. They've just peeled back. Uh, to, to to use a Stephen King quote, I think it was Stephen King, like wet decals. Yeah, his, his uh, fingernails yeah. came up. Um, the uh, this episode also brought to you by Casper. Casper mattresses, obsessively engineered uh, at a shockingly fair price, and uh, it's they they have supportive memory foam and that's two technologies, that's two sleep technologies in one, Chris. What? Yeah, that's how good Casper is. They've managed to. Fit it all into a tiny box. So you're too. saying just the right sink and just the right bounce. That's exactly what I'm saying, Chris. Oh. It's a Casper mattress. I've been using Casper mattresses since they first sponsored Phoebe. For many years and ago. a beard. Yep. Podcast that I don't do it. When's the next new Phoebe episode coming? Scott's in Paris right now. <laughs> oh, sure. So maybe actually next week. You could, yeah. You, yeah, that'd be great on your vacation. Try to convince your wife to let you go do a fucking podcast. My wife will I do a podcast with every week. I think she'd understand. Okay, okay, good point. <laughs> Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up. They'll refund you everything because they understand the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit. Especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on 90 it, so. fucking days they give you, Chris. It's 100. That's more. That's 10 more days than I just said. <laughs> Free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars out of 5. It is quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. Get 50 bucks towards any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com slash Nerdist. Casper. Order a Casper. Use the promo code Nerdist. 
Thanks, Matt Myra. <laughs> Terms and conditions apply. Now here's the Nerds Podcast number 860 with Dax Shepard. Katie, roll the thing. Now entering Nerdist.com. I love my mom, okay? <laughs> I'm not afraid. I don't care, I don't care who knows it. <laughs> I was just... Thank you very much. Yeah, it doesn't... I was just realizing... Really I really are a super fan. I didn't even know you had just gotten married. Wow. Uh, in August. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I just... Um, I just I was, I was. just had to do a press junket for four hours. And uh, when I when I keep saying, oh, we just got married, and I realize, oh, it was August. Like, it's almost a, like, we're, it's, yeah, getting, yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you must know that yeah. it, before you know it, it's like. Well, and we don't know when we got married, which is extra tricky, because we were, I remember when we got engaged, but we had waited so long for Doma to get struck down that when we got married, it was just whatever the day after Doma was. We already had a kid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was very insignificant to both of us. Because so. you were already, it was already a th- it was already happening. Yeah, we were married. We had a child and we were about to have another you one. You have a bell and, tattoo on and your finger? Be- yeah. Because I couldn't, I can't do that. I have such a paranoia about a ring being stuck on my finger. Does that enter your head at all? Well, the, you know, my, my Lydia warned me, she's just, she just knows about these weird things. She was like, don't get what is it tungsten or nickel or there's some metal that if you get it stuck on your finger they have to take your finger off it gets cut off this actually they well can... titanium a lot of guys have titanium rings and those this is titanium like, that is yeah that's very hard to cut through um not with adamantium claws if you're wolverine you could just cut it right off true true but, but yeah i was like okay i'm gonna have to get a ring yes. uh and i just couldn't do it and then i was like all right well here's a uh, another solution does she have a ring or did you she has a ring yeah oh, okay. she has a ring she loves you didn't talk her out of it so what if instead of <laughs> let's flip this thing could you well, that's tattoo the point. a shepherd on your finger so when i got her the ring um that was the big move for me mm-hmm that's to me when we got married, you know, is when I go there and they're like, I'm like, how much is it? And I'm like, holy smokes. Okay. And then I hand them <laughs> the American Express. And when I handed it to the dude, the jeweler, I was like, hold on a second. I'm getting a very visceral memory right now. Like this feels very familiar, although I've never bought a, an engagement ring. And I was like, oh my God, I know exactly what this is. It's when you get a tattoo, they put a transfer on you first. Okay. And it's just an outline of the tattoo. And then you look at it in the mirror and then you go, okay, let's do it. And that moment gives you this very distinct feeling, like making a permanent decision. You've made the decision. There's to so cross few over. decisions in your life that literally are permanent. Right. And when I handed him that credit card, I was like, "Oh shit, here we go. <laughs> this is for real. This is permanent." And uh, wait, do you have? Is it? Are you covered in? Are you all? I have four, four, four. Do I have four? I have four. Tattoos. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. I have a very big one here, though. Like when they put that on, I was like, "Okay." That's a commitment. Yeah, I don't know. I just haven't. I keep. You've I, never gotten one. Mm-mm. You know, the misnomer about them is that you think you're going or the fear is you're going to go, oh, my God, I'm stuck with this thing for life. But you literally don't see them after a year. Like, it, it, <laughs> but that's still like a year white, of going. It's white. I'm stuck no, with them for the rest of my life. No, you, you'll love it. Even if it's terrible. Yeah, it's fun. 
I don't know. I keep. Let's I, get I, yanked up. I have. <laughs> let's let's, let's do it right now. Yeah. Let's. We're gonna travel. We're gonna take this podcast to. <laughs> how long have you been married? Nice, nicely done. Fourth is the charm. They say. <laughs> Isn't that the same? Like Erica Kane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey. Well, my mom loved Erica Kane. My mom was a big. You know, when I was a kid, uh, it was all my children, right? Yeah, all my children. Susan Lucci. <laughs> Winter Emmy. You know, the, the, the whole notion of like fame and celebrity is very bizarre and foreign still, even to me, years into doing this. So when my mom is a super fan of someone I've known for like 20 years, it still feels very funny to me. I'm like, what do you mean you, you're like, you think Chris is awesome? He's this just guy? Like, he's just Chris. This like, guy? Yeah. This guy? Like if your mom was a super fan of me, wouldn't you just, that would be weird. She probably is. Let's call her. Let's call her right <laughs> Let's now. Let's get her on the phone. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I think our moms would probably dig each other. Yeah. Well, they have nearly identical kids. That's true. Yeah. We're very, very similar. That's right. And, uh, but I am feel like I'm older than you are. I don't think so. How old are you? I'm 42. 45. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So you were five when chips Front, came shotgun. out. Shotgun. <laughs> shotgun. Front seat. Yeah. But yeah. I got bigger than my brother at 12, and that could have happened to us as Did well. Did you beat him up? Eventually, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I think that's After important. He, oh, my God. It's like probably the most quintessential <laughs> memory I have. If I got to get, if I had to like lose the birth of my children and keep that one of beating my brother up, I might do it. Because <laughs> he had been beating me up for 13 years. Mm-hmm. It was actually 13 because I was in eighth grade. And he was five years older than me. And yeah, it was just the most exhilarating feeling ever. When the second he left my room, I called my dad. It was like seven in the morning. I called him and I screamed like, "I just kicked David's ass!" How did like, it, all right, how did it go down? Predicting. How did it go down? And what was the ass kicking? It couldn't have been. Do you remember the fight scene in uh, History of Violence, the nude oh. bathhouse? Yes. Yeah, it yes. was not unlike that because I was getting ready. In the morning, and I was on the basketball team, and we were playing our crosstown rival. It was a big morning. Mm-hmm. I was in, which I never wore at that age, I was in a shirt and tie and like sure. pleated dress pants. I was playing music really loud. My mom was out of town. He was watching the house. He came upstairs in a towel. Okay. He was like eight, Chet. He was 18. Yes, just like Chet. He's like, turn it down. My girlfriend's sleeping. And I immediately was like, you don't live here anymore. <laughs> and it just was instant we were fighting and his towel came off very shortly into the scuffle and it was a wrestling match that ended up on my waterbed and i had him pinned in the corner of the waterbed and i had my hand on his neck and i cocked back and i looked at him i'm like i'll break your fucking nose i'll break your nose he's like i quit i quit and i was like yes and then i got off of him and he had to walk naked to where his towel fell off grab it pick it up put it back on and as he was walking down the hall he goes you know who won uh, <laughs> but we both knew who won well, and it wasn't him yeah, i feel like you needed to tell a secret <laughs> girlfriend that he got his ass kicked by a 13 year old yeah 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 <laughs> but we were the same size in his defense yeah and it was my big basketball day i probably my testosterone was peaking that morning and you did anticipation you know, i think <laughs> the big I think game you, i think you exercised an enormous amount of compassion and restraint i did by i not really, following through on the punch i really could have i could have hurt him i, I, could, like I had would, him in a very vulnerable position i feel like he would have hit you no he was he was so pinned we were on a waterbed first of all what a kinky fight that very ends up romantic, on a waterbed say, very <laughs> yes, romantic. and one guy's naked it's actually 
more out there than the history of violence <laughs> fight, if I think about it. Yeah, yeah. The vegan, he, he wasn't fighting his brother. No, on a, a waterbed. Water yeah, <laughs> yes. it was just like Which mafia by, guys. By the way, Kristen makes fun of me at least a, once a month about the fact that I had a waterbed all through junior high. I had one, All too. boys wanted a waterbed, right? It sounded better than it was. Oh, yeah. It's, I still probably have back problems from that. You just, you can't ever get the... Well, what I found is that if you underfilled it, it got more comfortable. It was when it was really inflated and you were sleeping like on top of a beach ball. Yeah. Like it'd get convex. But I found that with very minimal water, it was quite comfortable. But then, and my mom's here to confirm this, I was getting these mystery hives where I would wake up in the morning, I'd get in the shower, and then I would have a hive on my thigh, like my upper thigh, the size of a uh, like smart water bottle, okay. a, a huge, huge blister hive, right? And I, this happened to me three times. We went to the doctor; they had no idea what it was. One morning, I woke up. What it was? Hap- I woke up because my leg was burning. I was sleeping on my side, and it was underinflated, and I was sleeping directly on the heating pad from the water uh, bed heater. <laughs> And it those three previous hives were just big burn blisters. Hashtag eighties problems. <laughs> the, I mean, that was like there was hashtag eighties like problems. That, like there was no yeah. greater symbol of like the swinger than the waterbed <laughs> uh-huh. from the seventies and eighties. Which I guess it sort of seems like we shall sleep on a bed. I I I have mastered control of the element of water yeah. to the extent that we will sleep on it. You're right. There's something medieval about like it's fulfilling a medieval fantasy. And when it's someday, I'll like if I had fire meter. burning in the yeah, corner and then right. we're sleeping on water and, a water and then bed. there's a fan blowing wind mm-hmm. and you've just got it all. You, you've mastered all of it. Yeah. I feel like maybe you know, just for fun, uh, surprise the wife and bring. And when she comes home, you have a waterbed all of a sudden and just see. It. I think my wife would like it more than she thinks she'd like it, simply because of the heat factor. That sure. is the genius of the waterbed. Is right. you can get that sucker up to about ninety five degrees <laughs> and sleep without any sheets on in the winter time in Michigan. Do they still? I feel like I don't really hear much about water. Beds. I know, but when's the, the? I agree with you, but then I would also propose: when's the last time you looked at the back of a TV guide? Because that's generally where you saw well, those I, ads, I, right? I don't like to take them out of the mylar. I put them in the mylar and then I save them. Well, so I don't. Really I made like an to, observation. You know, it, it hurts the value. When <laughs> yes. You open the TV guides. I made an observation about you before you got here, which is: I bet you love every time you get a new office because there's just more room to put all your crap in. You're 100 percent right. Yeah. And it and it and you probably couldn't have too many offices. No. Yeah. And the luxury, the luxury problem of my life right now is that nice people send me more things uh-huh and i'm i'm i i feel bad i don't want to get rid of it because right? they took yeah. the time to send it so i just have a lot of stuff you're a proper moment. proper codependent I have... like myself <laughs> yeah you'd rather make it's yourself right. miserable under an to avalanche of tchotchkes yes. Yes. and hurt someone's feelings i don't feelings. want anyone feelings and they would never find out right. but i would know yes, and if yes, i run yes. into them at some point and they go hey how's that Job of the Hut watercolor painting. I painted yeah. on a rock. Yeah. I would go. It's. I. I couldn't lie to them if I was like I d- didn't save it. I'm sorry. I but mean, you it, are now. Maybe it's a blessing because you're now forced 
to have seven or eight offices. Mm-hmm. You have to build like a global brand now. I, I have to, to house them. all your shit. That's that's what this all. <laughs> but is. it also is like flubber because the more offices and global branding you do, the more crap you're going to get. Sent. That's exactly right. It's a it's it's just a self driving engine. It is that keeps it's eating gaining its own velocity, tail. It's gaining too. velocity and mass and strength. <laughs> it will someday become sentient and self aware, and then yeah. and or then it'll reach that, critical mass and you'll explode. It, one that's day. also possible too. Yeah, you'll be unwrapping. Some coffee mug made by. Uh, I need this thing. You know, the, I, I really have to stop thinking that I need anything because I, yeah. I, I've become a rabid animation cell collector. Okay. And there's a couple of dealers who know that if they send me something, I'm probably going to buy it. Yep. And, I, and every time I go, this is the last time. Yeah. And it's like, oh, boy, this is a really great scene from Disney's Robin Hood. Right. And I probably need it. Yeah. So that someone else doesn't treat it. My Poorly. conclusion on this whole – I'm going to put an umbrella over all this nostalgia stuff. I don't think there's room for an umbrella in here. Okay. There is not. Okay. Unless someone sent you one, you'd find a way. But I probably have a couple. Um, I saw a photo on Twitter of like the old Nintendo game console and uh, several of the games that I happened to actually love as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I, I had this moment where I was like, I'm going to go right now. I'm going to buy all that stuff on eBay. I'm going to play Contra. <laughs> You know, whatever I'm going to do. And then I realized I don't miss that thing. I very much miss the feeling I had using that thing in that period of time. Like what I'm actually nostalgic for is the feeling and not the object. And I kind of had to break my own cycle of that. Like, mind you, I'm talking to you in in Air Jordan 4s that I bought last week because I couldn't afford them in junior high. Yes. Well, that's (laughs) – So as much as I'm telling you I've licked this thing, I am wearing the most obnoxiously – gaudy shoes because the eighth well, grader in me needed them you need those shoes to <laughs> jump head first yeah into to get randy hammond's phone number is what <laughs> i really need him for <laughs> it really is about the experience it's always about the experience and and, and the acquisition and the 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 hunting process, the hunting and the gathering. And then when you actually have the thing, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that yeah, thing. But still... now there's this new other thing yes. that I need. That'll be the thing that makes me, my childhood yeah. healed. Maybe the hole in my soul is that shaped. Nope. Yes. I'll try again. The producer of Chips, who's one of my best friends, Andrew Panay, I walked in his his garage last year and we're like just walking through his garage to get into his kitchen and I see as if it, it was like had its own light source there was this beautiful chrome GT BMX bike mm-hmm. and I go and he is not into biking I go oh my god what is this bike all about and he goes buddy I wanted that bike so bad when I was in junior high and like I got it <laughs> and we stared at this bike as if it were like a brand new Ferrari mm-hmm. and just I was like I got to get one of those (laughs) just so you can have it. GT BMX bikes. And then we were like, oh my God, that's what all this is about. The nice car, the nice everything. It's all about wanting that GT BMX bike when you're a kid. It just never goes away. I have said many times on the podcast, and it seems to continually uh, ring true, that you you always see yourself as a version of yourself around the probably around the time you were hitting puberty mm-hmm. so maybe in the 13 12 to 14 yeah you always kind of see yourself at that age i feel like most of the things you do are to try to make up for that kid right. or do yeah. things and and this all tracks it all absolutely yeah. tracks you constantly and i'm inclined to get past that but then i also ask myself well then what's left like <laughs> do you actually <laughs> want to heal that and become so self-actualized then what 
I guess you sit in a lawn chair. Boring. Yeah. Boring. Why would I work? Yeah. I, I don't know. Why would you do to... anything? Right. If I... there wasn't a, still a little BMX bike out there somewhere yeah, to chase calling after. calling my name. Yeah. And some Air Jordans and uh, a waterbed, probably. Yeah, you have to help create the issues for your... You have to give your kids the gift of your issues for them to deal with in 20 or 30 years. Yes. You don't have kids. Not yet. No. But you're gonna have. We them, will. Right? Okay, yeah. good. Or we're gonna give it. A, we're gonna give it the old college college try. try. Yeah, you'd probably wear a condom if you're giving it the college try. Well, uh, you would hope that you would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you would, would aim. You would. You would have. You would have aimed to, and then you would have not. The old college tries. <laughs> oh shit! I think it broke. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah. might that might work. And walking home from someone's house, going, "Oh, I'm an idiot! I brought a condom. Why? Did, <laughs> Why didn't I, never, I just put it? I mean, it I had in one in my wallet for like six have you met years. My mom, by the way, yeah, Bless nice to see you again. Yeah. Okay, great. You know, I can. <laughs> I, 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 my my mom is also uh, quite privy to a lot of stuff. quite liberal with the uh, with the boundaries in terms of. Yeah, you know, my mom has been to see my stand up before. I have advised her not to. Right. She's like, I don't care. It's fine. Yeah, and, I have the uh, same mom. Told embarrassing, you know. I've told very embarrassing stories with her on stage, and just kind of been like, "Welp, there it is." She knows what she this this is her fault for coming here. <laughs> I told her what was going to happen. Yeah, and the lie you tell yourself when you have kids is that they won't have like I'm doing such a great job that I won't someday see my daughter doing stand up and hear a bunch <laughs> of crazy stuff. But it's obviously a huge lie. She's yeah. going to have a whole chest of stories that you know. Yeah. Like, like I, to me, the defining moment was Kristen had done a lot of work with Bill Clinton in some capacity. I don't know what it was. I can only question his motives. Point is, <laughs> she did a lot maybe with the Clinton. I'm a big fan of Veronica Mars. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm know. a marshmallow. <laughs> okay. All right, Bill. Donated uh, <laughs> to the Kickstarter. Huh? That's worth a hangout. So she had done enough work with the Clinton Foundation that when our uh, firstborn arrived, we got a letter in the mail that was from Bill Clinton welcoming our daughter to the world. World, And Kristen framed that. And it's in our house. And I said, you know, at some point Lincoln will be in therapy holding that thing. Like, well, what do they expect? They have this, the president welcomed me to this world. Like, you know, I would have had to have cured cancer for them to be proud of me. Like, somehow that... And also that, named after another president. Yeah, but she's named after a car. But yes, at that point, she'll probably But the car say, was named after a president. Or uh, or Lincoln, Nebraska. I don't know. <laughs> which was I named wasn't after- so close to Henry Ford, which was named after a president. Again, you want to keep getting back. I mean, he was a great man. Going- Fine. I concede the fact that he was a great, great man. I mean, he did we, some stuff. We lost him prematurely. Yeah, he did some stuff. Yes. Yeah, he'd still be alive today. And I don't think anyone <laughs> yes. could argue that. Would still be alive today. I remember in a biology class in college learning that our uh, Lincoln had this disorder. Have you heard about this? That they now know he definitely had this disease where his aorta would have blown up at, soon after that had he not been shot. Oh. He has all the physical You're welcome, marks. Lincoln. Yeah, so we may have saved him. We may. I think John we, Wilkes Booth. Yeah, I'm, John, I'm Wilkes Booth, John, John Wilkes Booth was a doctor from the future. He was a euthanizer from the Six future. Six Emperor Tyrannus, which he <laughs> shot him when she was death, was actually targeted at the aorta. Yes. Yes, this heart of a, this tyrant of a heart. I'm going to take care of this now. It was. Can I sidetrack for one second? I wish you would. The term break a leg. Mm-hmm. What do you interpret that? What, what, what do you think the, uh, the genesis of that term is, break a leg? It sounds like— I've heard two really compelling explanations. It sounds like some dumb shit vaudeville thing. 
I don't know. Okay, so the first thing I ever heard was um, they say break a leg because after Wilkes Booth shot Lincoln, he jumped off the balcony onto the stage, he broke his leg, and then he exited. And it was the greatest exit in the history of theater. That's one break a leg. The other is... <laughs> I don't know if I buy that one. I love that one. That's my it's preferred a good one. one. The other one is uh, the rope that pulls the curtain up and down is called the leg. And that if you did such a great performance that they have to do so many bows and curtain oh. calls, that you, that thing will be coming up <clears throat> up and down so often that you would break I a leg. I feel like this this makes more sense. What a pussy. I, like I this. can't believe you're not going to go with Listen, the John well, Wilkes I mean, you know... <laughs> How could you? I'm just afraid, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I'm such a pussy fine, about it. Fine, fine. It's the curtain one. <laughs> I think it's the curtain one. You don't like that one, though. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's, it's so exciting. It's he jumped off a of balcony and he knew the... Dude, he just shot the president. Yes, so what, what would whatever. have to do with that, performances? That, that's uh, superfluous information. If this, were, the, if this were like a... You're honestly saying that anyone else at the Ford Theater watched the president get shot and Booth, Booth jumps on the stage and they go... I mean, he shot the president, but God, what an amazing... What an exit. I mean, what an what exit. What an exit. I didn't... I just thought we were going to see... <laughs> Shall everyone break a leg in the future? Our American Cousin was a boring play, but that exit, you got to give it, it to him. It saved it. You got to give it, it to him. It saved a boring yeah. play. Yeah. P.S. I think the president's aorta... By the way, he's not looking good. He's the not, president. He's got some him. sort of a heart thing that's beyond our scientific <laughs> understanding at this point in time. So whatever happened, I'm sure, is going to be fine. But apparently he had something. And I, when I read it, I thought, I have the same body type as him. So I convinced course, myself for about a month my aorta was going to blow Of course, up. yes, because you had this sort of empathetic hypochondria. <laughs> yeah, or narcissistic. Sympathetic. Nar- <laughs> narcissist. When, sympathetic <laughs> so hypochondria. Funny. Lincoln gets shot. Why does everything happen to me? Yeah. Well, oh, great. I'm going to get oh, shot. Oh, good. I'm gonna have an, <laughs> someone's going to shoot me because yeah. I have an aorta. <laughs> yeah. Problem. Well, I already have the same disease as him, so why rule out getting shot? I mean, seriously, we're both tall. This is why I tell Chris and I don't want to go see live theater. It's all, the evidence is all there. Yeah. Just it's look, everyone, there. open your eyes. Sure, Booth is going to get all the attention for break a leg. Right. For shooting the president. The, it's not called, you know. They don't they, say. They don't say. <laughs> explode your head. They don't say. <laughs> Good luck tonight. Explode your head. Explode your head. <laughs> Why do they say that? <laughs> well, one theory is that um, the curtain head is like uh, if they open it, the right way. The other theory is that when John Wilkes Booth blew Lincoln's head off, everyone's like, "What an amazing entrance! Most dramatic, most dramatic entrance, entrance ever of all time!" Explode your head, hey guys! Hey explode guys. your heads explode tonight. Your heads tonight. Maybe we can get that to take off. Tragedy plus time, right? Time? Yeah, there's enough time. Absolutely. Distance? There's enough oh, distance. Absolutely. Yeah, we could talk Hundreds about it. Of years. Again, he'd still be alive, but but. He would have a real tore up aorta. If this, <laughs> it would be in bad, bad it'd be shape. Su- like, He'd probably have a mechanical uh, pig's heart. Like Craigslist aorta at this point. Just <laughs> broken down. Do you have any hypochondria? Oh, yeah. Tons. You do. Sure. And do you think it's a product? Let me launch a theory on you. Here we go. Okay. Buckle up. <clears throat> so apparently Elon, my Elon Musk is a big proponent. I, won't, I don't know if he believes 100%. but he is Of big, not eye contact. Is that one of his things? I don't know. I okay, just, you just, can only assume because he's so smart. But apparently, he 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 believes a bit that he's living in a matrix. Yes, you, yes, yeah, that we're running this, right? in a simulation. That we're a simulation. Yes, right. And so when that was someone explained it to me, I thought to myself, "Yeah, that sounds about right." And then I had a second thought, which is, of course, it sounds right to me or Elon Musk or you, someone who's had. Uh, an unfair share of good luck in their life. Mm-hmm. It starts feeling suspicious. 
I doubt there's a coal miner right now going, this is a fucking matrix. <laughs> I know it. I know this is a matrix. It's stuck in this coal mine for like a week. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is a matrix. A matrix. Don't We're you stuck- think it's like, I think it's a lofty product I'm starting of to see like all the ones and zeros. Too much good fortune that you'd start questioning, this can't be but real. I also, but I also feel like the opposite can be true, is that if you feel like you have, because I think people's brains... You know, the world is constantly being interpreted, especially now, because we're we're the matrix that we're in now is the confirmation bias matrix. Oh, explain and, that to me. Well, it's essentially that people are. I only... brought this up to the right guy, by the way. Hey, no. I thought you were going to go. Oh, he does believe that. No, I. <laughs> oh, you got all right. So no, no, I'll it? talk about it for real. <laughs> okay, okay. So what, do, what? I am more serious than a Lincoln aorta. Okay, what are we in now? The confirmation. The what? confirmation bias uh, matrix, which is basically. Um, the reality is completely subjective based on whatever people want to believe it is. So in other words, we because of the internet, we have the ability to surround ourselves with information that just confirms the things oh, we the already bubble believe. we live in. And whether or not that, that whether or not that's true and the more evidence that you can present someone and go, well, this is I know you believe this, but here's actually the evidence. The even the less likely they are to believe because they're you know clinging yeah. so tightly to yeah. uh, hence so, politics. It just for not just politics. Any no, it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anytime you hold a belief and you hear an opposing one, it, it often has the result of just further entrenching you in the first belief. Right, and so it's and we're able to build those cocoons. Uh, quite easily via now. the internet. Yeah, so I think there so is the question is who then who well, who's the eye in the sky who 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 who's controlling the matrix or is, do you think this is a self made matrix? I think it's in? I think it's controlled. Like an accidental. I, I think there's a I think there's a a an, a not aware throbbing being because it's not like an Orwellian thing. It's I think other people are the big brother now. Other people are oh, the yeah. agents in the matrix. Yeah. And it's it's this kind of like weird mass of social media that is essentially. But are we suspended in a pod at some, in some realm being used uh, as batteries? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That okay. So you go sure. that far with it? Well, I just think if you're going to go, you know, you like, well, really yeah, just soup take to it, nuts. Go all the way <laughs> to the human dessert, batteries powering the get robots. The dram, the whatever the sambuca dessert aperitif is. <laughs> Were you going to say drambuie? Yeah, is that what it is? I think. Yeah, dram drambuie. Is that a thing? I think it is. It sounds like, like an sambuca. Old, it sounds like something you would drink naked on a waterbed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you were lucky enough, <laughs> and the drink is flaming. And at that point, you go, "Fuck yeah, I'm in a matrix. I'm in, no I'm in one, a fucking matrix. Yeah, this is way too good to be hey, true." Hey, it feels like I just burned my cock on this waterbed, but it's just a matrix cock. It's yeah. not even a real Everything's one. Everything's fine. I'm, I'm still very generating. Sorry. I'm very sorry about that. I'm still that. generating 1300 BTUs, BTUs. somewhere. <laughs> In a pod. Maybe my cock burned the bed. How but, about that? Do you, you ever think about that bed? Do you think, though, there's any... I'm glad your mom laughed at that. Do, do you think, though, that I'm on to something that... It, it is a little telling of your lot in life well, what, that you what, believe what, that you're in a perfect. No, what I was going to say reality. is I feel like... Where I was, I, I remember where I was going with that now is that people kind of write their own story. They fill in the blanks, you know, where, yeah. where, where people, if they, they most of the narrative. time don't have enough information, they kind of add the narrative that fits whatever baggage they have. Right. And so I can see a, a, a situation where someone in a very poor, through a very poor stroke of luck would say, well, this is all preordained. Because their narrative is they're a victim. Their narrative is they're a victim and that this is all part of, uh, you know, a matrix where they are the victim of this matrix and it's not... You know, uh, in any case, it's people not taking responsibility. It's probably, though, just coming full circle back to the fact that people find it far too um, 
unpleasant to think there's no rhyme or reason. So for you, you're probably an atheist yet now. So now you're you're clutching onto this notion of a matrix because really it, it just comes back to like. It's too depressing to imagine that. Well, I'm clutching, no rhyme or reason. I'm clutching onto the robot that's powering my body battery, if that's what you, you mean. You son of a bitch. What, You're I'm an just, android? Well, listen. All I'm saying <laughs> What's is... What's crazy is if I'm Mr. in a matrix Anderson. and you do so much work just to seem legit when I come see you once mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. have to do... That robot has to do so much it's work not easy. to it's be a convincing very well, to me. It's a very well-planned matrix. All right, so when I leave here, you disappear? I you, disappear. Yeah, you disappear. I go, and oh, then I okay. appear somewhere else. So there's else. just a bubble of reality around All around me. you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you're getting now it. Now I'm finding yeah, my Now way. you're getting it. Okay. But yeah, it, it, I think this all spawned from you asking me if I had hypochondria. And of course, the second you see... I used to not be able to watch House. Okay. Because every week it was like, well... The only thing I'm sure of is that I don't have lupus because it's never lupus on that show. But everything right. else I probably have. Yeah, you're open season. Oh, I probably have the thing where the guy got poisoned from using too much deodorant. But I again, probably... do you feel like this is a product? Has this has this increased as your life has gotten better? Um, y- y- yeah, I feel like it's more of a struggle. Yes, yes. Like, like, I, I'm, I've been on this biography tear for the last year. I've like for whatever reason I've become obsessed with uh, all the like uh, early tycoons, right? So I don't know if you read Titan. That's probably the best one of all of them, the John D. Rockefeller biography. But all these guys have the same trajectory. They get super rich, and like the day they get rich and acknowledge they're rich, they're they become obsessed about living forever, right? It's almost like it's un- unavoidable. If you conquer the things that are supposed to be what you're supposed to conquer in life, right, like security and all that, then your your mind immediately switches to like, okay, now I want to make this last forever. Yeah, then you want to you know preserve this great thing you've created for yourself. A therapist once told me that. It's not about the keeping. It's not. It's about the having, not the keeping. Right. So you don't necessarily. Yeah. Break, break you, that down for you me. Get very, well, I mean, y- you can enjoy having something knowing that it's impermanent. Oh, right. And that yeah, you yeah. don't have to keep stuff forever to have it. Well, for you it to in have particular value. who collects stuff. That right, seems right, very exactly. poignant uh, that he, he brought him up. No, no, no. Don't worry about any of this. <laughs> seems like this I therapist know, has I really know gotten through to you. Like, I know what it looks like. I'm actually like feel a little in danger. There's a script. It's a fucking program. Okay, None okay. of this is real. This okay. is all generated. All right. okay, will disappear. That can't the fall on gone. me. Okay. The second you're gone. That's uh, an interesting question. I should ask. I should Because I, I, in my own life, I used to fly back to Detroit. And I um, had been 10 years of auditioning, never booking anything. I still was an alcoholic. And when heavy turbulence would hit, I would actually think, oh, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's go down. Mm-hmm. My mom can say I was going to be successful or I was something good. But now that you have it, now you're extra paranoid. Now I care. Now I have yeah. like two kids I love. My life is pretty fucking great. And when there's turbulence, I'm like, no, 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 no. I just got some of this figured out. I don't want to lose it. And well, I think I'm also more uh, hypo, how, whatever the verb version of that is. I, I'm a hypochondriac more now. Mm-hmm. I'm more, well, say it. You're smarter than me. Hypochondrial. You're more of a hypochondri- <laughs> hypochondrial. <laughs> yeah, I'm more hypochondrial. I'm more, I'm a hypochondriacer. Yeah, I'm more hypochondriacer. Hypochondriacer. Hyper hypochondriacer. But these are not things I worried about when I was miserable. No, but those are all control <laughs> issues. Those are all control issues, though. Uh huh. Those are all control issues, you know. And as someone who also uh, was a recovering alcoholic, it's all those are all control issues, right? And did you have ticks as a kid? Um, I. You mean like nervous ticks? Well, I'll just tell you mine, and you can see if they ring a sure. bell. Uh, First of all, have you ever read um, David Sedaris' Naked? Oh, yeah, yeah. The first chapter is called Plague of Ticks. And I read that and I was like, oh, my goodness, this was my childhood. So I had to do everything twice. 
I had all these bizarre rituals. I could only take a shit if I was bare naked. I had to. That's true. S- yeah. Oh, I, I had to be bare naked to shit too. Oh, you did. Yeah. And not only did I have to be bare naked, and only naked, in front of I, old I, men. Is I that weird? Wadded. <laughs> well, I hope to return to that. <laughs> okay, good. It's nice. Then you jump right in the shower. There's yeah, no yeah, and then it's fun. Uh, but I had to take the toilet paper and I had to string it out uh, through the bathroom, open the door, touch the hallway wall. But I had to do that twice. So then I had like several hundred yards of toilet paper every time I went. But it never ended. I had to click my foot twice. You know, I had all these yeah. things. Okay. Did you have any of that stuff? I don't feel like I had that. I probably had my own little obsessions. Right. Did you, you make know? weird, any weird noises in your throat or anything? <laughs> <laughs> are you just trying to see no, I just, if you're okay? No, I just, things I had. No. My ex-girlfriend that I was with for a long time, she had all the same ones, so I already found peace in it because I, sure. I, I liked her, yeah. and she had all these weird things. But then um, but then when you see but, it like that but in, what's, in someone else. What's weird is uh, so often you can understand things intellectually, but then something happens where you actually understand it emotionally. Yeah. So uh, you know that actress, Olivia Munn. Very well. Yeah. And so I'm not out. She's talked about this in interviews. We, I bumped into her one time. She was happened to tell me about this thing where she pulls her eyebrows mm-hmm. out, right? And she's very open about that. And she goes, oh, yeah, it's just a form of OCD. And I go, oh, yeah, I had OCD. I had all these ticks. And she goes, well, you know why you had OCD, right? And I go, no. And she goes, it's just about control. Yeah. You're controlling something because you're in a very chaotic environment. Yes. And all- when I did the math backwards, I was like, Oh, yeah, that all started exactly when you married Greg. That all started like Fucking the Greg. second he came into our life. It's always a, it's always Greg. It, usually it's a it's Greg. Usually it's a Greg. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's never a Gregory. It's never a Gregory. Gregory's a professor somewhere. Yes, it's yeah. a Greg. Greg's a, you're going to have OCD. Hey, it's Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but something like why I couldn't have figured that out, that like it started at a very specific time in life. Yeah. Uh, and then it took someone when I was 40, explain it to me. I'm like, oh, duh. Well, th- and yeah. it's all, this all kind of ties back to what we were talking about before, but about filling in the blanks is that, you know, your brain needs. Yes, it needs to make sense of what happened. It needs to make sense of information yes. and it needs to bridge gaps and so that's why people revisionist history and it doesn't matter what it is but again it's the dunning-kruger experiments where they again determined that uh the less people know the more they will the more that they believe they know and the more people know the less they claim to know Uh and so and i think part of that is just in order to function in the world people need so that's usually people arguing about stuff online and you know a hundred percent that they don't know what they're talking about. Sure. But they will cling as fiercely mm-hmm. as anything, like their life depends on it. And in some senses, maybe their emotional life does depend on it, but their brain is filling in the blank. So they'll, you know, or I'm sure people will look at you and Kristen or they'll watch your commercials or see your movies or anything. They go, oh, they, I know they probably do X, Y, and Z. Sure. Because they need to, yeah. That's how they need to make sense of why you're successful or who you are. Or oh, what yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. Or, yeah. Ba- with based in not, not in any having never met us or chatted what, what, with us whatsoever. Set. And I think, you know, most people don't, they don't really want to understand the truth. They just need to, they need to they confirm need to, their, their understanding of They need to confirm the their truth. Absolutely. I do it too. We all do it. Yeah. But, and then so the OCD thing, um, for years I thought, uh, because in the plague of ticks, his ticks stopped when he started smoking cigarettes. And I went, oh my gosh, that's when mine stopped too. Uh, maybe that's what broke it. But now I thought about it. And I was like, no, I got a car. And I actually, for the first time, was like, oh, I'm in charge of this life. Right. Like at any point, I can just drive to wherever I need to go and I can be on my own now. So I really now think it was, I got that license and I was like, no, I'm my own human being now. Can't and tell I'm me when to come home, Greg. That's right, Greg. This is my car, Greg. Try to catch me if you can, Greg. 
Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Greg was long out of the picture by that. I should have been over that. Oh long. yeah, yeah, it's okay. yeah. It's but okay. sometimes you pick these things up. But it know. is. It's you know. It's like it's it's making connections to things <clears throat> and to try to get a semblance of you know. Oh, if I do this an X number of times, that will give me. It's very ritualistic, and I think when you go back <clears throat> and you look at sort of the birth of religion and you see like what are they doing well they're repeating they're repeating a series of rituals and steps over and over again to prevent bad things from happening and to try yes. to usher in good things yes yes is and it's and it's, it's, a, it's and human it, nature and, and the arc of that completely parallels how dangerous the environment they lived in was so sure. i was an anthropology major and if you look at the gods that people created in Mesopotamia, it flooded nonstop. You have the Judeo-Christian God who's going to make you choose between your two sons. You go to Egypt, same time, they're creating gods. They live on a fertile plain. It never floods. Crops are predictable. They have a super benevolent God that they don't have to make sacrifices to. And you can and just cats. chart all these. Yeah, throw some cats in there. They're Why way not? ahead of us on that. Yeah, they sure. They, they sure they, are. The Egyptians really found the. They really. They really founded they, the internet and what powers the internet. Yeah, they they saw that coming. They they really did. <laughs> Is that where cats are from? Well, I feel like that's where they were worshipped. Are you a cat guy? I could almost see you being one. I was a dog person, but now I'm a cat person because my wife has a cat. And you've fallen in love with the cat. <laughs> yeah. Really, mm. boy or girl cat. He's a boy cat. He's a boy cat. He's a boy cat. And what type of things does this cat do where you go, oh, I love that little guy? Well, he ignores me, throws yeah. up on my feet. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. These no, are... I can't get him to, you know, my, Lydia went out of town last week. She was like, oh, you'll curl up with Anubis. Anubis, Egyptian oh, god. Okay, great. <clears throat> um, dog god, but it's fine. This feels set up now. No. Now I know him in the Matrix. No, yeah. I brought up Egyptian religion. You have a cat. I wrote the script that way, okay? okay I wrote okay. the script that it's way. It's getting so very would, suspicious. I just want you to feel You underestimated my intelligence. I'm trying to get your defenses down <laughs> so that I can absorb your sweet nature. I come juice. across as dumber than I am. It's no, not, you're I'm not just, the first one to make the mistake. I, want, right? I mm-hmm. just want to turn you into me, and then I'll put the shades on, and okay. then we'll go off. This and, is all a ploy to sleep with my wife. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I should have seen this coming. Me and Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> the I think, well, he think he already slept with him. Did you tell Dax we're in the Matrix? Yeah, Bill. All right. Take it easy. Take it easy. It's all fine. But uh, the cat, uh, Lydia, went out of town, and she was like, curl up with Anubis when I'm gone. And I tried. You know, I got him into bed, held on to him for about a second. He leapt off and then slept. We have a little uh, screened-in catio. Okay. And he slept He slept outside because I think he was like, where's my... Waiting for mom to yeah. get back. Does yeah. he wake you up at like five in the morning? Seven. Oh, seven o'clock. Well, then you're ready to have kids. He's great Meow. training. Meow. But yeah, those cats, they, they get in your face in the morning, right? Yeah. He's just upset. Just another great fucking aspect mom. of them. He's yeah. just upset because of that. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. really upset about. Who can blame him? What other biography? Especially the way you're fucking I mean, is so powerful. It's like watching a... Uh, Pomeranian. You know, it's just <laughs> get up, <laughs> get cats, up on that. Cats are cats are offended by doggy style. They're offended by yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They just don't think it's again. Thank you very much. I'm uh, so glad my mom. mother's here. Yeah. yeah. Again, Laura LeBeau, thanks for why joining. Why don't we call us. it kitty style? Why don't <laughs> yeah. we call it kitty style? The cats are like, what? Yeah, we do I've it that li- way too. I've seen lions fuck. Yeah, come on. I've never seen house cats fuck, but they all seem to be house spayed cat fuck or a neutered. I've never or seen a house cat fuck a lion. This would be a mix. yet that house cat would high five so many other house cats if yes. it got the fuck along. If they could get along, if they could just. <laughs> I hear cat fights outside. Well, let me also say I live in very close proximity to P twenty two. Okay, the mountain lion that lives in Griffith Park. Gotcha. Do you know about this thing? I've heard tell of it, and uh, it was in a uh, neighbor of ours crawl space. Right, 
Do you know this? This was on the 60 Minutes episode they did on P22. And so they had a guy doing some work on the basement, and he came upstairs, and he spoke very little English, and he's trying to explain to the homeowner that there is a lion in their basement. And the guy was like... There's no way there's a lion downstairs. He just, and, just doesn't know the right word for it. No, no, no it's a lion. Yeah, he. I think he thought the guy was freaked out because there was a house cat. So he goes under the house. There, sure enough, P-22's hanging out in there. They tried forever to get him out. He wouldn't come out. Then they decided to let him go. It's got a tracking collar. It finally left. Sure. Point being, I live in constant fear that P-22 is going to like eat my children. Sure. So the other night, I am like... I am dead fucking set on the fact that P-22 is fighting a coyote in my backyard. I'm hearing the the worst noises you've ever heard, right? Just loud, crazy cat noises. I get my mag light out. I get in the backyard, two cats, just normal-sized cats fighting. Oh. But they make the grossest, loudest noises such that I thought there was a cougar in my who backyard. Were then, who were then eaten by a coyote and P-22. I don't think coyotes can catch cats, can they? Sure they can. Really? Yeah. And they probably divided up the spoils and then formed a bond. So the coyote and the mountain lion. Do you live now- by coyotes? Yeah. There is nothing like when they do kill something. I mean, it is. You we feel hear like them all. We live next to the observatory. Oh, then we live right mm-hmm. by each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we must be, yeah. Then you live by P-22, too. Oh, you, my you God. Need, yes, I have a new yeah. thing to be afraid yes. of. Yes. You need Shit. to really. Well, and, you know, and you know what P-22 did the other day? So sad. Also kind of this proud name. of him. This is how scientists <laughs> name things. Yeah. He got into the L.A. Zoo, and he got himself a koala bear. Oh. Of all the animals, As he had pet? to kill I mean, the. Ha- oh no! I thought they. Oh were- yeah, oh. I'm sure the koala is riding on his back right now, up by the observatory. Something tells me I'm in. <laughs> just a montage of the koala and P22. But he got a poor koala bear, and he had jumped over the koala bear's uh, enclosure. The 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 fence was like 13 feet high, and this thing jumped over, got himself a koala bear, and they have, you know, they have this uh, like time delay f- uh, security footage. At the LA Zoo. So he and it's the just like bear. you just see him dragging something pretty good size in his mouth, and then he disappears, and then they're missing a koala bear. So he doesn't put on a pair of sunglasses and go, Eucalyptus. <laughs> no. And then... <laughs> Who's that? Che- Cheeto the Chester, Chester the Cheeto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Chester barely the got that one. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any Chester Cheeto figurines? <laughs> You're going to say, do you have any Chester Cheeto stories? <laughs> yeah, we used to hang out in the old days. You got a really good Chester Woo! the Cheeto story. Boy, that right? guy. He. <laughs> I like to have fun. He does. He's a party animal. I'm curious. <laughs> He's literally a party animal. I'm curious to know who else, what other biographies you read. Oh, so I read Cornelius Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Second, That's my second favorite one. He yep. was awesome. You know, he like fist fought guys in the street and stuff. Do you know that about him? So glad you said fought. <laughs> fist fighted? Should like, I have said fist fighted? I thought. Oh, fisted. My brain went. He to, may have. He, fuck, he fist fucked yeah. so many guys in the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was 1800s, you know, Manhattan. Different war, yeah, different world. Um, Cornelius, Cornelius Vanderbilt. Um, um, Carnegie. Carnegie. Lost total respect for him. Yeah. He was lazy as hell. He was. He was. He was so lazy, and it was all insider trading. Uh, truly, it was all insider trading. Boring. That's how he built that one. Um, I read The House of Morgan, the J.P. Morgan story. Uh, who else did I do? Oh, Teddy Roosevelt I did, because I did The Path Between Two Seas, the building of the Panama Canal, and Teddy Roosevelt was instrumental in that, so then I And were I they, did they all suffer one. from the same thing of, like, you know, the, the They're all so different. They're so different. The coolest of all of them, and I don't know why through history it's been kind of um, 
tainted is Rockefeller is probably if you had to say what American had the biggest impact on this country, period, it'd be him. No, Having so. nothing to do with I think it's William Randolph Hearst. No way. Not even close. Of course. So he had at one time he had two percent of the whole economy. Right, he would loan the the country money to bail them out during the Civil War. He had to loan the the, the government money, so he controlled two percent of the known wealth in America. Right, he took all that money. Up till then, doctors they were all graduating from all these schools. No standard of practice. There was no textbook. They were just declaring themselves doctors. So he said, uh, John Hopkins. They seem to have real doctors. I will pay every university in this country. I will pay for all the costs if you adopt their methodology and their testing and everything. So he standardized what it means to be boring. Hearst shot the last grizzly bear in California, and it's now on the flag. <laughs> You're welcome. He uh, it would have been dead by now, Katie. He cured hookworm? No, Le- hookworm. Do you know at that time, Southerners had this terrible reputation of being lazy? What? And some doctor, I Where? Mean, they still may have no. that. Yeah. So some doctor said, you know what, guys? There's actually something medical going on. And at that time, over 30% of the Southerners had hookworm, and it makes you super lethargic. So John D. Rockefeller said, let's solve that. And by God, he solved that. You can just, the list is endless. He has solved so many he started the very first medical research anything ever. There was no research. There was Snore. only practice. <laughs> okay. Hearst built a castle. I would think uh, for a hypochondriac, you'd be interested in all of the medical advancements that Mr. Rockefeller. Boring. You Boring. don't like it. Hearst numero uno. Because he mirrors the Citizen Kane story? or Because he was my wife's great-grandfather. Was he really? <laughs> really? <laughs> is, she in, is she involved in anything? Yes. Really? Sure. Wow. Yeah. William Randolph Hearst. Yes. So when you go to San Simeon. Yeah. Yeah. San Simeon. San Simeon. San, San Simeon. Yeah. Okay. Like a Simeon. We don't shorten it. Okay. I just didn't know if it had an N at the end, but San, now I know. Yeah, San Simeon. Oh, you thought it was San Simeon. San Simeon. That sounds right. We say right. it for short. Yo, you going to San Simeon? Yeah. You could just Where say San Simeon. Where you stay? San Simeon? San Simeon. So have you been up there with her? Yeah. And do you make her speak on the property like an expert? <laughs> Did she go there as a child or anything? Yeah. He was long dead. Yeah, we went. Yeah, Did yeah. she even he, meet him? No, 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 no. He died in 1948. And she wasn't born yet? Uh, she was born in 49. 49. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, okay. She was born okay. in 49. Yeah, you probably aren't going to have kids. I mean, not to be sexist, but you might not have kids. <laughs> well, I think if we want it bad enough, we'll figure, we'll do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think we can make yeah. it happen. In this matrix of yours. Listen. Maybe, maybe you could. These, these, okay, these so, sperms. But. Um, I Okay, so I saw a really great biography. I didn't read it, but I did see a great biography on... No, I didn't. I'm getting him confused with um, John Paul Getty. Hack! Yeah. I just like insulting He was also an else. oil tycoon. He was a... Uh, Hearst was the LA Times, right? He was a publishing magazine. San Francisco Chronicle. And, and then, LA Times eventually. Did he have LA yeah. Times, too? Yeah, I think he did. He had a bunch of newspapers. Yeah. And um, yeah, but we and what to... happened to all that money? Did it all go away, or did it No, get, no, it, no, did, no. It got put in a trust, and it's all... Well, they own Hearst Media. Okay. Which, which is, is still thriving? Yeah. Forgive me for not knowing how well Hearst Media is doing. Listen, <laughs> you know everything about the fucking Rockefellers <laughs> and the Vanderbilt okay, so, so Hearst street Media, fisting. Have they, though, uh, obviously newspapers have taken a dump over the last 20 years. <laughs> so where are we at? Well, I don't know what you're talking Can about. Can I short this stock? Is it, I is just, it publicly traded? I couldn't traded? even walking in here. I had three paper boys with extras. <laughs> extras. Sure, sure. I got to... hit in the head with a couple of them, yeah, as I was on my way here. <laughs> so, you're obviously, right. you know, you know. Well, did they diversify? Are they yeah, 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 in yeah. online media and whatnot? Well, they, it, there's a lot of things like, you know, all Don't the... get defensive. I'm just Shut curious. up. 
I just want to know what the Hearst family all the, is uh, doing now. They have uh, all the meat at what Whole Foods. Have? Is Hearst is meat? it? Yeah, they are ranchers. Oh, really? Cattle. Oh, wow. Um, media, newspapers. So, yeah. do you personally have access to anything cool that I don't? Because of this, uh, these marital ties of yours, we went swimming in the pool at Hearst Castle. You did, yeah. and that's something that only you could do. Well, does the family own it, or is it now like a municipality? The, <laughs> how, the, ha- the-, the house, the castle was donated to the state. Okay, years and years and years, like fifty years ago, yeah, or forty years expect, ago. Who wants to maintain it? Exactly, but yeah. they own all of the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. Okay, how many acres are we talking? Oh. I don't know. Thousands. Hundreds. Hundreds. Uh, hundreds of thousands. <laughs> anywhere from a hundred to like a lot. A million. And to anywhere from a hundred to infinity. I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure on how they're second work. to Ted Turner, I think, for land ownership. I would I mean I I I'm gonna say better than Ted Turner. I don't think so. I they think say so. he owns uh property the size of Who's Texas. They? Tell me who these people are. Who 60 are they? Sixty minutes, sixty minutes, watch an amazing profile on uh, Ted Turner. Did you I see it? Just, no, I this is charlatans. Probably my favorite. Not in profile. my matrix. Hashtag not my matrix. Hashtag <laughs> not my matrix. Um, but yes, he owns a property the size of Texas. But I and he's create he on his own property. Ted Turner can drive from the border of Canada all the way to Mexico and never leave his own property. Wow, he's created all these wildlife corridors, right? So the uh, uh, buffalo and stuff can can migrate. And Thanks also the TNT network. Don't for, let let us not. We know. And drama. didn't he own the Braves at one point, or maybe he still? Who knows? Was, that yeah. sounds like sports. But TBS. Well, that, talk about how vertically integrated everything. It was all about the TBS, and then the Braves played on TBS, and they who were had the horizontal him. integration, and who had the vertical integration? Was it Carnegie? Did Carnegie have vertical integration? Or was he horizontal? Was it like was he the he one was, that owned yeah. a piece of every part of the process? Well, so it's like he owned the tracks. So, well, do you and remember the, the very? I, and I, rem, I I didn't learn this in the book, but I remember as a kid learning this in civics or whatever class. Uh, why trusts even started? And it was because of all the railroad expansion, right? The the guys who owned the railroad also owned the company that built the nail, made that manufactured the nails. They also owned the company that made the uh, the rail itself, and right. they were overcharging themselves along the way. Right, and that is how Carnegie got all of his money. Is that he would get a call from a buddy because he was high up in the uh, in, in in one of the railroads, and they'd say, "Hey, buy this stock. We're going to start a nail company," and he would buy it, and that was it. And then uh, that thing would. Go up ten thousand percent, and then you take that money and they buy another thing. So he got super rich doing virtually nothing. Well, there's then he started some work involved. Eventually, he he made U.S. Steel, but all he did is get really good partners. He was retired at like thirty years old. He was just traveling the world. <laughs> I love that you still don't want to give him any credit. I mean, and then he built U.S. No, Steel. guys, well, I mean, he was lazy. He was lazy. He was vain. Rockefeller hated him because they both were donating tons of their money, but Carnegie put his name on everything, and Rockefeller never put his name on a thing. So, like, Chicago University is Rockefeller. That, that's his school. He paid for the whole I thing. I love that sitcom, uh, 30 Karg. 30 Karg. Yeah, yeah, 30 Karg is pretty a really good. great I, They named that after him. Mm. He didn't name it 30 Rockefeller. That was named after okay. one of his children. Got it, got it, yeah, got not, it. He would have never done that. Never, never, never. Yeah, very pious man. He was... He you and I, well, uh, we've talked about a lot of things that are incendiary. Rockefeller is the, the number one. We well, will go, I, come to blows we don't if have you to, disparage Rockefeller. I think we should fight about two Any, dead old rich men. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. – if there's a reason to come to – But if I can just say one thing, uh, uh, sure, I'm here to say go see Chips, but fuck that. <laughs> if you only have X amount of time, read Titan. Don't go see Chips. Read Titan. It is the best biography. It's mind-blowing. But read Titan and then go see Chips or start Titan, see Chips, and then finish Titan. Quick question. Uh, in Why in – the original chips 
was Highway Patrol solving crimes. Well, if that ruffled your feathers, you're going to hate the film <laughs> because I go even <laughs> further. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're supposed to do. I don't know. But um, it feels like they were going. I'll tell you why. Okay. And I can't believe you need this explained to you. Because well, there couldn't be anything more fucking boring than watching for an hour people cite people for speeding. You can't have a show. That's not a procedural. Well, listen. Are you going to watch that show? Yeah, I I would watch that show in my Matrix. Yeah. You know, yeah Seatbelt tickets, blinkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Low tire pressure. A lot of get out of the car, sir. That would float your sale. Yes. I don't buy it. All right. You need people rolling over on the grapevine, him <laughs> discovering they're diabetic, get me a Snickers <laughs> out of my saddlebag, John. This is a real episode. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to drive a show seven, six years. I guess you're... It was only six years? It was six years, yeah. I think 77 to 83. Oh, wow. Uh, but in my version, it's even worse because Ponch is, is an FBI agent undercover as a CHP. Dude, he's got a real case he's working. Oh, but then I feel like in the end, he's probably going to find more camaraderie with the California Highway Patrol. Well, it's not that simple. He gets fired from the FBI. So, gotcha. Yeah, it's not like a after school special life <laughs> lesson where he's like, I could have more prestige and money, but I choose friendship. So, this is an intense drama, right? Chips is an intense drama. Well, listen, it's not, but. I I personally don't like parodies. It's not a parody. It's it does take itself serious for better or worse. I was trying to make bad boys or lethal weapon. Sure. So the bad guy is scary as fuck. It's Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. And the you know the crimes they're committing are scary and you know dangerous. And do you, do you know Vincent D'Onofrio before this? I did. How else would I get him in chips? I don't. <laughs> Come on, Chris. I did this movie, The Judge, a Robert Downey Jr. movie. Yeah, I remember A few this years movie. ago, and D'Onofrio and I, from the second we met, were like soulmates. And we've hung out a ton since then. So I needed a very formidable bad guy in chips, and I asked him, and he said yes. What I exploited my friendship with What if him. he showed up and he was like, hey, where are those chips you promised? And you're like, no, no, it's California Highway Patrol. What? Great, but where are the chips? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think D'Onofrio was of the age, like, he really remembers chips. I totally remember chips. Yeah. And where did you grow up? Um, mostly Memphis, Tennessee. <clears throat> okay, so not as bad, but I'm from Detroit, where it is gray eight months of the year and freezing cold, and you'd turn that show on, and it was sunshine and California and palm trees and girls in bikinis and these this odd couple on motorcycles. You know what else was great about Chips? It wasn't fucking Greg. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That is right. He, Greg was not on the just program. just wanted Punch and John to roll up and be like, all right, Greg, let's get in the back talk. of the fucking motorcycle. Do you know this kid's pooping bare naked? <laughs> Do you know he's taking toilet paper and touching the hallway wall for some reason? That's on you, Greg. And then he's doing it twice. It's not just enough that he's got to do it once, but he's doing it twice, Greg. Book him, punch. Get him on the... I feel like I told this story last time I was here, but clearly I didn't. But Greg is involved in this. So I had this crazy bathroom ritual, and I was so self-conscious about it. My ultimate fear was that someone would know what was going on in the bathroom, right? So we go to Cedar Point, this this amusement park in Ohio. Mm -hmm. And after we're leaving there, before we drive back to Detroit, we stop at a pizza hut. I've been in an amusement park all day long. I've had corn dogs. I've had everything else. I got to go to the bathroom, and it's my worst nightmare because it's a public bathroom. Sure. So I go into the Pizza Hut bathroom. I've got to get bare naked. I got to find a place to put my clothes that won't get dirty because <laughs> of the floor. Your mom is laughing at you. Your mother is laughing. She had at no you. idea the agony that was going on in the bathroom, right? And so I'm. I think she does, but it's still funny, <laughs> as you would expect. I'm in there a while, sure, because I got a lot of work to There's do a before lot of I prep can. And a lot of post op. Yes. So. All of a sudden, I'm in there. I'm like finally concentrating. 
you better not be doing what I think you're doing in there. And it was Greg. And he was outside the stall. And I'm bare naked, like perched on the seat. And I'm like, oh, my God, can he see me through What did the he crack? think you were doing? Well, now that I'm older, I think he was accusing me of jerking off or something. So he thought, wow, I spent the whole day I, I, in the amusement park. I'm going to go. I got a boner. I saw a lot of girls in tank tops. Which, the by the way, coasters. those amusement parks were sure. as a young man. Also not thrilling. your fault. If you're doing loop-de-loops on a roller coaster, it's throwing a lot of blood into You're in survival areas. mode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of guys in Vietnam had a directions when they were killing people. You, you, you Greg, know, Greg a, understands all of these he things. He, he had a he was very in tune with the yes. So suffice you gotta to rub say, out a deep dish. I was like, I don't know that I've ever been more mortified than when he said, Are you doing what I think you're doing? But I, which I now again I think he was kind of accusing me of masturbating. He couldn't have imagined I was bare naked in there. I'm dying. Okay, good. I just figured out how to I'm I'm Neo. I just figured out how to kill the Matrix architect you you make the matrix <laughs> laugh with a jerk off story about <laughs> in Greg a pizza yelling hut bathroom <laughs> no less post amusement park oh my god yeah so what a memory now what did you feel like you had memory. to start jerking off just because if you're like well, i'm gonna get in trouble i might as well at least this is the second this, this is one of two stories where i do believe later when i replayed the thing in my head uh, that people did think I was masturbating. The other time was I mispronounced in sixth grade. They made you read aloud, and I misread organism. In science class, I read orgasm, and everyone laughed. And then I, I was with my dad that weekend. I wasn't going to ask my mom. I asked my dad. I go, uh, hey, um, what does orgasm mean? And my dad goes, you ever play with yourself? And in my head, I was like, oh, it means masturbate. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, okay. But now I realize me saying, oh, okay, sounded like I was saying, yes, I masturbate. Mm -hmm. And now I know what an orgasm is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like I, I, I admitted to so that. So you were cranking it in the pizza. I wasn't. Bathroom. I was okay. about four months away from cranking it when I asked my father what an orgasm was. His timeline was. was off. Greg's timeline was no, just Greg, off. No, Greg, but mind you, I was much younger. I was like second grade for the oh, pizza Oh, gotcha, story. gotcha, gotcha. Oh. In his weird world, maybe. What an animal. Second, <laughs> second maybe, he just thought, maybe he just thought pooping was dirty. Maybe he was just like, you're never supposed to poop. Could it could have been that, but knowing him, I doubt that was the... What, what did you say? What do you say? I was like, oh... Um, two minutes. Boy, this <laughs> like on the verge of tears. This 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 stripping down thing is so. How long funny. did you do it? I mean, uh, you know, honestly, if I'm home alone, there are still some times. Well, especially if you are sick. Like yeah. if you have, say, food poisoning or the flu, there are moments where you're like, oh, I just need all this off me, yeah. right? Like if you're very uncomfortable. I found out after my dad passed away. I found out the same thing. My my stepmother told me. <clears throat> that because uh, I made some sort of a oh she saw my stand up and I was talking about obsession and like weird things I had and she goes <clears throat> and about how I had like a phobia of if I'm in a public restroom if anyone comes in I just freeze up like, okay. like, like a timid mammal right and like a small rodent uh -huh. who feels like he's being like there's a hawk overhead yeah <clears throat> and she laughed and she said oh your dad was the same way he used to have to she goes he used to have to take off lock the doors lock the bedroom door lock the bathroom door take off all his clothes and I was like oh my god you come by it honestly yeah it's genetic <clears throat> I don't think I got it from my father you probably got it from my dad I probably got it from your dad <laughs> yes yes <laughs> I think Laura, who's here, probably swung through Minnesota at yeah. some point. And met who your knows? dad. Yeah. When, which was weird because we lived in Memphis, but maybe. He oh, was yeah, up yeah. In Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. You sorry. know, he was up in Minnesota. It was an M. Yeah. He was up yeah. there. Memphis, Tennessee. Mm hmm. And you don't have any accent. 
Congratulations. Thank you. I do like it, though, quite a bit. Memphis? Yeah. It's well, nice. I like Tennessee in general. I was just Tennessee's in Nashville. Very nice. Nashville's uh, very but nice. But Memphis has gotten super duper cute, and like the downtown's really cute now. Yes. It's good, really good it used food. It to be scary there. to go down there. Now uh-huh. it's only kind of scary to go down there. All these towns are getting really, really good now. Listen, if they can put a Starbucks in there and an Applebee's, everything's A-OK. But not to be a snob, it used <clears> to be when you left L.A., you're going to be hard-pressed to get some fresh vegetables right. for a long time. Yeah. But now, like my wife did a movie in Atlanta, they've got this whole area downtown that's like farm-to-table. Then I go to Nashville, they got a whole farm-to-table thing. Detroit even now has all that stuff. So, yeah, it's great. And a RoboCop. Yeah, chips. March twenty fourth. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, if you like farm to table and you love uh, you uh, like biographies the about the yeah. patrician class, uh, yeah. you're gonna love <clears throat> chips. I love appealing to the organic market <laughs> with the movie Chips. Yeah, yeah. Chips you... is farm to table. Uh, no uh, hydrogenated oils involved. No. There were no no steroids were used. Do no. You, do you eat well? Is this something you do I now? Eat somewhat well. Yeah. Not amazing. But not terrible. Because as I've found out, so you and I both had uh, previous addiction issues, mm. which is basically the house is on fire. Yeah. And then you get the house out. It's no longer engulfed in flames. And you realize, like, there's a pretty bad leak in the bathroom, too, right. that I never noticed. And it's almost it's almost terrible. Like, the better you get, <laughs> the more you're now fine-tuning, right? You're sure. like, well, shit, if I'm not going to die of a liver problem, I might as well not die of you know, something else now. As long as you can prevent yourself from setting your own house on fire to have to put out the fire again. Then you're <clears> doing <throat> something right. But yeah. I do find, like, it just doesn't end. So now I eat pretty well. Yeah. And that's exhausting. It is exhausting. It's, 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 it takes more work to feel okay. It, it takes does. more work to feel okay. And it doesn't seem <clears> fair. <throat> does Now, are you worried that, like, how are, what, do you, what steps are you taking to try to ensure that your kids don't, get the aren't addicts well, not just that but just the sort of like the 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 obsessive qualities like what do you well i do think they'll be able to avoid being ocd because the house is pretty darn stable or it is currently um something could obviously happen to change that but currently i'd say they're gonna escape without ocd but cool. if they're addicts they're addicts right i mean there's nothing i can really do about that I mean, I if the there are I know plenty of recovering addicts that had perfect childhoods. Yeah, right. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? You've never met any. No, you don't believe them. naughty by nurture. I have mm-hmm. no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, so... my my parents were very cool. Like I wasn't, but you know, we moved a lot when I was a kid. I don't know if that had something to do with it. Did your dad have a drinking problem? I uh, I think he he certainly did when he was younger, and he certainly continued to drink. Until he died, but not in his later years. It was more just the casual evening, okay, drink, like you know, a like eyeball, like beers. It was beer. It was like, it was uh, Cleaver. Mr. It was Cleaver. It, it was like Mr. Cleaver, but with but with Bud Light, I think. Or, okay, sure. You know, whatever. Bud Ice, but not Bud Ice. <laughs> Bud Ice. Bud Ice. I don't know what the ice part is supposed to be. Yeah. But, well, my uh, dad was an addict, so I, and then all my uncles on my grandmother's side are all ter- were terrible addicts. So, and then I can't I come by it honestly. Greg was a Greg. Greg was, I, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but I think there was some addiction. Going <laughs> on, you know, I hope. <laughs> so, what do you do? You don't. There's nothing you can really do. What can you do? <clears throat> what could you possibly do? I don't know. You can't do anything. I don't. They're know. They're going to eventually drink in. 
high school or junior high, whatever. Right. And they're either it's for it's going to go. Oh, this is what I've been missing my whole life. Right. They either have that feeling or not. Right. If you have it, you have you have that beer, and then you're like, oh my god, this is the feeling I've been wanting my whole life. But I don't know though. For me, I feel like it was so gradual because I never drank in high school. Right. It was college. It was. But it was but college. when you drank, did you feel like this is right? I just felt like oh, this is nice and fun. Like I just it just it kind of morphed from the this is fun mm-hmm. to. I seem to be doing this a lot. Sure, sure. For a variety I'm of reasons. friends and loved ones now. What's their problem? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not saying that right out of the gates I was like, uh, I want to do this seven days a week. It's just like, oh, this feeling is a feeling I deeply desire. Sure. It, I wasn't ambivalent about it whatsoever. Gotcha. I was like, this is a love affair here. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Well, it's a good thing that you figured that out. Yeah. And that you've turned your life around. Uh-huh. And you have a nice wife and nice kids. And you're Well, in... you've not met them. No, but I'm just going to assume. In my matrix, they're very nice. Okay, great. Great. Uh, yeah. I mean, when they you are here, they are disappear. quite lovely. When you, yeah. When you I'm very here. excited for you to have them. It truly does cure every existential I, problem you, you might have. You should keep your kids. I will have my own kids. No, no. You oh, should I have you were them. To give no, me no, 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 no. I don't that want was very mine. strange. No, no. I want you to have kids. Do you think your wife would appreciate knowing that you're trying to give your kids away to other people? Uh, probably more more so than me. Probably more so than me. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, she, would. Yeah. <laughs> she offers them to a lot of folks. Do people ask you questions about how to fix their appliances? <clears throat> I have received a couple of tweets. <laughs> complaining about different fit and finish issues mm-hmm. that they probably sustain during delivery. Sure. Because it's a beautiful product. Can't mm-hmm. speak high enough about the build quality. The smart the, uh, the whole line of smart appliances. My response to them was if you got a flat tire, would you tweet Matthew McConaughey and ask him <laughs> to change your flat tire in your Lincoln? And McConaughey would. He would be there to fix that the tire. Fuck he would. A, he wouldn't know how to change it. <laughs> B you see the commercials. This guy's always about? going to some event in a suit. No, nah, I just I, he's driving around helping people fix their. I cannot do an impression of Matthew Conaghy, so this is a. Yeah, he's just I driving around helping people fix their flat tires. Like hey there, a lot cooler if you did. Hey, it's real nice. I heard you got a flat tire. Hey there, foxy there lady, seven twenty nine. There it is. You got to get. You got it. You got to get. I can't get down there that low. Oh, you got the lisp in there too. I'm kind of. I'll just stick up here with Clinton. Heard you got a flat tire. Hey. Here's what I do. Hey, I just drive it on a flat. See where it takes me. Did you know you could do this impression? No. This is great. Thank you. Do you see? Did you know? You didn't know when you were coming in here to do a podcast <laughs> and you were going to leave the what if preeminent the whole... Matthew McConaughey impersonator. <laughs> what if the whole way here I was practicing my mom, Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> and I slow played you. I, I waited an hour to bring up the... the, And even I tricked you into bringing it up. Because you, you know, wanted you... to know about the Samsung issue, which... Turned dovetailed nicely dovetailed into my McConaughey really nicely, almost too well. Yeah, yeah. well, it's kind of it's. Heard it's, you got a flat tire. <laughs> Here's what I always do: I put on a suit, and I fall backwards in my swimming pool. And sometimes I look at that flat tire, and it's full. See, you need to take that home, and you need to take it on the road. It. You need to take it on the road. Do you do any impersonations? Um, but I don't. I mean, not. That's a no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really depends on. Um, I mean, what's the bar? What's the bar? Definition of sounding like another person. Uh huh. That exactly. Would be, yeah. Well, the no, not exactly, but um, but uh, I can do. I feel like I I can do like 
Dana Carvey characterizations of oh, sure, voices sure. that mm-hmm. are sort of like not the not spot on, but right. a caricature of that voice yes. that conveys the idea of who that person is. Now, my wife can uh, imitate absolutely any human being, male or female. She has that mimic skill. She can't do it on demand, but anytime she's working with somebody, she can like she can do Drew Barrymore, like you you think you're talking to Drew Barrymore. She does Vince Vaughn perfect. Oh wow! I wouldn't have even known what to pick up on, but she can do Vince Vaughn just perfect. Uh, and was she? I ever- told you she's more talented than me, right? Yes. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we covered that the last. Yeah, time I, we were I think here. that's known. That's probably known. <laughs> it's out there. Yeah. It's out there in the Although world. She didn't direct Chips March 24th, so. <laughs> take that take that she can't do everything i mean maybe she can't she could she direct the movie as vince vaughn yeah yeah absolutely i wonder how long i wonder if she could keep that ruse up and how long she could keep it going if like she called into people and made everyone think she was vince vaughn and that and then just made everyone well, think like oh you just missed him make no mistake it's she's still a female doing the impersonation so i don't think she could call into like uh k-rock and convince them vince vaughn was on the phone but i feel like a challenge has been laid down if you were listening or do vince vaughn your head would be spinning about how good it is i think she absolutely needs to call into kevin and bean and say she's vince vaughn but the interesting thing about doing impersonations or characters is it does make you think like the person you're imitating it's a very weird thing can you relate to that yeah like, like it's this. like in the ground. I'm Dak Shepard. There you go. And I'm now, directing you, a movie. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I have kids and Greg. <laughs> this was when Dak Shepard was on Fraggle Rock. <laughs> <laughs> all these doozers keep eating all my work. <laughs> I build it and they eat it. But you remember, like, God at, damn it. at the Groundlings, you, you do these characters and then they, they, you start saying stuff that I couldn't say on my own. I, I can't explain. Yeah, like, I know I what do, you mean. I start when I talk like Owen Wilson. I do start using words he would use that I wouldn't normally use on my own. Like, hey man, you know, he's like, <clears throat> I, I always say the same sentence to get into him. He's like, how's an asshole like mom got such a great kitchen? He's like, in her house. I was just kind of thinking about this, and then you know, he's, he's just got this way of like kind of taking a little time in between his next words. Watching the mouth is really <laughs> is that so the... much a part of the impression. It's <laughs> yeah. so unfortunate that people listening to the podcast can't see the... Well, you just kind of want to imagine that my lips are kind of like really punkered the up. Gu- you know? <laughs> but the gumminess sort of, counter... of the, of the uses, mouth... He uses words like counterintuitive, you know? It's you, counterintuitive. But it's, it's almost like you're... And I don't mean this as an insult it's to an Owen anus. Wilson. It's yes, yeah, if you're yeah, making yeah, a puckering yeah. butthole yeah, sure. to do like Owen Wilson, you just have to pucker your lips a little bit. That's kind of what you gotta do, though. <laughs> that you're not really doing so well. So get your lips like this, and then once you do that, all of a sudden you you start talking through your. Oh, nose. your mouth is pooping! Your mouth is pooping! It's, it's real counterintuitive. <laughs> is uh, I, I used to be able to do Luke. I didn't move Luke, and I used to be able to do him really good. But I lost that skill. <laughs> yeah, just another one out the window. Man, that's the worst problem I've ever heard. Yeah. We got to get that back for it's you. It's a real problem. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I just can't bring myself to watch a YouTube clip of them and uh, get it back. How would I, you even do that? Yeah. To be honest, it's the technology just isn't there yet. It's not there. We don't have the connection speeds. We don't have the devices. No. It's someday I hope you run into him again. I can only hope. And kidnap him. It's been him. a long time since I ran into you him. You need to kidnap him. You need to get McConaughey, run him over, throw him in the trunk of a Lincoln who was shot by Booth 
jumping onto a stage and he broke his leg. President he, was named after the car. That's Just right. To be clear, if you, you learned anything to say, today, you need to say when you throw him into the trunk, you're going to say, "Hey, man, explode the head." And explode then, your uh, head, and then slam the trunk closed, and he'll get it. He'll get it eventually. He'll get it. Yeah, those Wilson brothers—they know what's up. They do. They're smart. Chips is out uh, Friday. Friday, March twenty wow. fourth. Are you? Is it? Can you? Was it a hard? The process of directing mm-hmm. and being in is not too daunting. It's not. Um, I will say this: normally, when you do a movie, a writer wrote it. So that's like one point of view mm-hmm. on life. Then a director takes that script and then he has to execute it. So then it goes through his point of view filter. And then in a scene with two actors, they have two points of view, right? So by the time you get down to doing it, you're basically looking at the compromise of four points of view. Sure. Where I'm three of those four. Mm-hmm. So it actually is way easier than, say, when I'm in a scene in parenthood because I can't help but look through it from my point of view, right? Sure. Um, so I find it easier. It's easier to act in something I'm directing, for sure. Oh, wow. I would feel the opposite. I would feel like, just tell me what to do. Tell me what you need me to do, and I'll do it. Yeah, well, weirdly, you and I have worked together under that circumstance. We did that weird red nose thing. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. That turned out really great. But I'm the type of actor, and this is not go- across the board, because I was on a TV show with 14 cast members. We all liked different directors. Like, I don't think there's any you know universal way to approach actors. But personally, I respond well to confidence building. I don't like... Let me come out of the gates with four things you did wrong in that take. I'd rather hear, like, you're crushing this. Let's see if we can make this better. I need, like, To me, acting's a confidence game. So because no one's going to come in and tell me how shitty I did after the take, I mean, I'm doing that upstairs mentally, yeah. but I would be doing that as an actor yeah. anyways. It just makes me less self-conscious. So if I'm directing you and I go to your dressing room and I knock on the door and go, you better not be doing what I think you're doing in there. I'm dead. Okay, so that's uh, you're not going to help the, you? You're going to get the worst performance okay. of me possible. At this point, you might be masturbating, though. It would trigger me. It would. I might be. You're right. I actually <laughs> might point, be. That, that's I might say, come in. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get. Good aim. This I got to give you that one. Time. You're right. I, you got my mouth open See on that on one. set. Okay. All right. That's lunch, everyone. <laughs> Except for me. I'm full. Do you direct stuff? Do I direct stuff? No, oh. I don't direct anything. I don't you direct don't? anything. No. Oh, okay. No, I just don't think I'd You're... be good at it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I feel That's like good. there are other people who are more, much more skilled, and it's much more in their DNA. I just, I just thought for a control freak, maybe it'd appeal to you. Because to, <laughs> to me, it's, it's very satisfying. No, I kind of, you know, I, I sort of, I know the things that I'm. That I that speak to me that I'm good at and directing uh-huh. is just it's just never been a thing where I felt like I feel like I need to do that right just right. never been a thing that I felt like I needed to try to do and I I don't think I would do a good job yeah okay then you should not do it then no no you no, should no. skip that I'll probably skip it yeah unless who knows maybe I'll get all cocky at some point and be like I could do this oh wait this is really hard yeah well because I feel like the dire- the process is you know. You, each movie, you learn a little bit more and a little bit more and a yeah. little bit more. So it's not just well, like and like writing, you you or stand up, you learn by fucking up. Yeah, it's literally the only way to learn is to paint yourself in a corner in the editing room. And go okay, note to self: don't ever ever do this again because <laughs> there's no solution to this. And I don't I don't know if I have the energy right now to start up a whole new skill set and a whole new yeah. uh, process of discovery. I think because I when I started at the Groundlings, there wasn't YouTube. So to be in the groundlings, you had to Grandpa. write. Grandpa, <laughs> was that it's Grandpa over here? Yeah. <laughs> his old granddad. Yeah, his, oh, I do. I do drone on. 
There wasn't YouTube. Uh, so the only place you could see a film sketch was like at the Groundlings on the TV that played mm-hmm. in between sketches, right? So I started the Groundlings. I've never acted. I've never written sketches, and I've never directed anything. But to get on stage, you have to write a ton. So you're learning to write as much as you're learning to act. And then I really liked making digital shorts, so that was something I was doing right from the very beginning. Like I learned all three of those things at the exact same time. Well, uh, so I knew that you know what I'm saying. That was something that right. to me those things are all together. It was a they've trial been, by they, fire. Yeah, and but and they've been linked together since I very first started trying to do comedy. It was like, oh, you make shorts. They play in, uh, at the theater between sketches. Then you do a sketch. Then you write a bunch. Well, that's a good story for anyone who's like, well, I'm I'm kind of interested in doing creative stuff, but I don't know what to do. So just go take a class. Like go take a class somewhere. Yes, like at Groundlings or I had the singular goal of being on Saturday Night Live. I clearly was not on Saturday Night Live. Never even hosted, and yet I now do this other thing. Chips, March twenty fourth. That's the thing I did. Kristen's hosted, hasn't she? Nope. Really? No. That's very surprising. It's crazy, right? That Especially is... without I just told you about her mimic abilities. And she never auditioned for the show? No. Well, she was never pursuing like a, co- a comedy career, per se. You she... mu- we must have talked the last time you were on. You must have auditioned for SNL. I never did. You didn't? Nope. Uh, I was in the Sunday Company, and I auditioned for Punked, which they, they were calling in every single person who did improv in the city. I didn't have an agent. And I went, and I got that show, and then that show aired, and then three months later, I was in Without a Paddle. So then I got to immediately do movies, mm-hmm. and then I was loving that. So uh, my total aim shifted, you know? I mean, I still have this... I always wished I had been on Saturday Night Live, of course, but the thing I ended up doing was very wonderful, and I didn't. And much more fulfilling than the thing that you... Probably now. The fact that I get to write and direct movies, yeah, is I, I think probably ultimately was more satisfying than had I been on the show. I guess, I don't know. I feel like it's a no-brainer at some point. One of you is going to host SNL. If she hosts first, are you going to be happy? You're going to be like, oh. Well, um, so my only scrapes with it were um, they called to ask if I could do it in 2006 when I was shooting a movie and the movie would not let me out to do it, which was a heartbreaker. They called this year and asked Kristen her availability for March to host. So there was a moment this year where I did think she was going to host. And I'm genuinely not jealous of anything she does. Like I'm truly just very happy for her and my best friend keeps doing wonderful things and that's great. But that one I was a little bit like, Okay, so she's definitely going to host it before I'm going to host it. That was my express dream for the last 30 years. It'd be like if I had gotten to play a Disney princess in a cartoon before her. Right. Yeah. Well, now you have a new goal, which is to try to to be a Disney princess. Just to fuck her. But it's too late. She's already the biggest Disney princess of all time, so I probably won't top it. I think you could go bigger, bro. I think think you could be a bigger princess, bro. (laughs) I think you could do it. Yeah, they have to have a transgender princess at some point. I right? think it's very possible. We got to be right around the corner from that. I think it's very. I can't sing. It's time. I'm a bad voiceover actor. No singing. No, terrible singer. Love to sing though. Sing probably more than anyone else in the house. Just sing it. Let it go. What let it that? go. Isn't that to let it <laughs> yeah. go? Ooh, that's, that's a from the movie your wife song. was in. Yeah, yeah. Let it go. Um, what did your kid? Do your kids understand that that's their mom? They do, and they could care less. They, <laughs> they actually do love the music, but um, Kristen once sang to raise money for something, and all these people in L.A. bought tickets for their kids to see her sing those songs with Adina. They had never done it before. Sold out in a second. I bring my daughter there. 
Kristen's singing for maybe 15 seconds. And Lincoln goes, Daddy, there's popcorn in the lobby. Can we go get popcorn? <laughs> and I was like, you don't want to see Mom sing? She's like, no, I want popcorn. The only kid there that didn't watch. Well, she sees Mom every day. She could care less. She's I think. It, I mean, ultimately, I think it's healthy. It would be very well, weird. She's going to she, care like, when you host SNL, though. No, oh, absolutely. She's going to be there past her bedtime. She does think the stunts I do are cool. Which particular stunts? Like in Chips, I do a ton of stunts. And so she would come to set and she'd watch me like drift a car through an intersection and she would see that and she thought that was really cool that dad could do that. That's cooler than mom being a princess, she thought? Yeah, I think she does think that. Wow. Yeah. I think she's a miniature gearhead. I think I'm getting my dream. We'll see. So did you hold that over your wife's head or did you not mention that? No. Is that just between you and... I think my wife was happy for me. Aw, that... Yeah. She gets SNL, I get to impress. <laughs> you get to drift a car with the kids. Yeah, three and a half year old. You guys are fucking sweet. <laughs> God damn it. What line of work is your wife in? She uh is an heir to the <laughs> Well But she's uh she was uh uh, she did modeling for like 10 years. So she's terrible looking. And she's uh, uh, she was a toe model. Oh, okay. No. okay. She did modeling for like 10 years. And then she um, you know, she started working as an actor, and that's what she really is into now. And she okay. loves horror. So she, like, she wants to do horror movies. Oh, that's great. So, um, yeah. So she's been like doing all this crazy machete training. And, really? And she has a guy that comes over, and they like train with a bow staff and machetes. Like, ching, 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 ching. Like, yeah, I hear like clinging in the driveway, and she's out there. And ching, 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 ching. Like all these machetes clanging off each other. And do you have like a tourniquet ready at all time? She's likely to come in the house missing an arm. At some I point, feel right? like, but she, I don't think she would. I think it would. She. I would. She would She'd accidentally like turn and like lop my arm off, not hers. Okay. I feel like she's. And what's this dude like who comes over and teaches her machete work? I guess you don't want to say because he's a real person. He's and, he's a real person. And you're gonna bump with real him. feelings. To me, he knows he's how not to a real person. Machete. He's a guy. He's real. He's, he's very he's, real. No, no. I, I, he's clearly real in that sense. But to me, he's a guy who teaches machete work. Yeah. So. And I don't see him personally, so no. I'm probably more apt to, you yeah. know. He's a very nice man. Okay, how old is he? He's probably around our age. Okay, yeah, 58. He's 58 <laughs> years old. Okay, and does he wear, like, a particular outfit? Or is it a normal street clothes? He likes to cosplay <laughs> as uh, John Goodman's character from Roseanne. <laughs> so it's a lot of flannel. Uh-huh, and those and, work and boots. A, a lot of butt crack. Work yeah, boots. and a lot of, like, pulling up He's not wearing, like, a, uh, a, a gi or anything over No, 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 no. Okay. It's weird. He, he Yeah, he, he cosplays as Dan from Roseanne. Okay. He calls okay. himself Danimal. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, I don't so want to get you in thing. hot water with the, the No, hand. no. Listen, Danimal and I have an understanding. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally he spends fine. spends a lot of time with your wife. Spends a lot of time with her, uh-huh. you know, just talking about what... The other characters whose name I can't remember and the kids are up to. For sure, sure. Yeah. And uh, how the daughter looks different now uh-huh. uh, from when the show first started. You know, just all the, all the all things the that people, people talk about in yeah. those situations. Um, yes, but I'm terrified. My wife is a weapon-wielding uh, human being. And is it an erotic thing for her? Um, I don't know if it's neurotic, but she... No, no. Erotic. Like, does she feel... You can't spell ter- neurotic without... Ter- erotic. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> After these sessions where she's wielding this sword, do you find that she's more frisky? I guess that's what I'm getting at. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're still in the first year of marriage, so I feel wow. like everything is is oh, still awesome. Tell me about is that. still a frisky or a fancy feast. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, either way. Okay, and uh, yeah, it's okay. uh, we're we're still in that we're still in that phase. So when it goes down to once taking a out week, the garbage, have me back, hard as a rock. Back. Okay, <laughs> great, great. Yeah. All right. Well, when it slows down, maybe these questions will be more. You know. You mean. Don't be more poignant. It'll never when slow things down. slow. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, it never. Yeah. You'll be the one about. that doesn't slow down. We've right. said yeah. to each other, then you're good. Then you're, it will last. Good. Yeah, that it, you're good. the passion never goes away. That's right. All you got to do is just want it. Yeah, and to stay there forever. I'm sure when her dopamine levels playing off, things will she's still be good as hot. On and heavy. The dopamine yeah, levels, yeah, like yeah. she's promised that the dopamine levels will never go down. Maybe go up, and in, in, I in think cer- under certain yeah. situation, yeah, yeah, it's You're just good. it's only going to get hotter as far yeah. as I'm. Well, you know what? You know what's a, really a barn burner for their libido is uh, some kids. <laughs> they, yes. I bet it's just going to get turbocharged. Turn on. <laughs> After it's a that, big turn on to wake up all yeah. night. You're probably gonna have to take an over-the-counter testosterone supplement just probably. to keep up. Yeah, you might want to start shopping now. I think my penis is gonna be like a Viagra Pez dispenser. Yeah, <laughs> it's just gonna, again. I'm Especially, sorry, that your mom again. Is, uh, just want to welcome. She came in as a super fan. I think she's leaving she's as leaving a fan. Leaving is just a fan, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. I think we right-sized her. <laughs> we right-sized her. Her fandom. <laughs> part, part of this was really just to take it down a notch. Yeah, I brought her here mostly yeah. just. Uh, I really know. like that Chris Adra guy. Yeah, 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 we'll see about this. Yeah, I was like, Hi, Mom, there's no deities. There's no, you know, we shouldn't have reverie for other. Here's humans. your real god now. <laughs> uh, but it's been lovely to. It's really nice to meet you. Very nice to meet both of you. And uh, thank you for and coming I, in. And congratulations. I, thank you. I love sitting with you. And Anytime. I'll, I'll do it again. Anytime you want. Apparently only, we're neighbors. It only takes two and a half years to direct these things. So I'll see <laughs> I'll see you in uh, See you in twenty nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> or you could come over to the house sometime. I'd love to. It sounds like it sounds we're close. Like we're very close. We can both see the observatory. That's a good sign. I have an arcade <gasps> in the house. If you like least shocking detail talk, about your personal talk. life just came out. That'd be like me saying, Hey, I got a four car garage. What? Yeah, no shit you do. Talking about the BMX. Pinball, multicades. Yeah. Yeah. I could come there and relive some shit. You could relive some shit. You could ride your bike get, over. We got to get Randy Ride Hammond your over bike there. over. I'll ride my bike over with games. my Air Jordans. Yeah, and come play games. <laughs> what you're wearing right <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, we will never die. We will never grow old. Pageant lives forever. We are eternal. All right. Well, explode your head. All right. Explode your head, too. All right. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. That was... I say that at the end of At Midnight. Thank you very much. That was the correct way to end the podcast. I apologize. I apologize. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Uh, welcome there is welcome the end of the Nerdist podcast. Welcome you. to the end of the Nerdist podcast. Welcome to the end of the Nerdist podcast. This was brought to you by. We should start saying that at the end. Welcome to the end, of the, to the end of the Nerdist podcast. podcast. Yeah, why not welcome people to the end? What if people are listening and they think, "Oh my god, it just skipped to the next episode." <laughs> what, what's happening? No, no, this is the end of the episode. You just listened to Dak Shepard, and this episode was brought to you by Wilson, starring Woody Harrelson, based in the graphic novel by Daniel Klaus of Ghost World fame, and from the director of the Skeleton Twins. Uh, the film follows a lonely, hilariously honest middle-aged misanthrope named Wilson who reunites with his estranged wife, played by Laura Dern, and gets 
gets a shot at happiness when he learns he has a teenage daughter he has never met. Check out Wilson in theaters Friday, March 24th. And while you're at it, buy the graphic novel. It's great. Yeah, do the graphic novel. See it first or afterwards. Oh, compare and contrast. You know, I saw High Fidelity before I read it. And? They're both they're my both. favorites of things. Like, the book is so good and the movie's so good. And you got Nick Hornby to sign your uh, did, first sign edition. first edition of it. Nice. Guys, welcome to the actual end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end of the podcast. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer land. There's no crime in Pura. No murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.